Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Taz and Jim, Devin Peacock is here. Uh, explain to us what the heck is going on. Are the kids going to school today or what, Devin? Depends if you're in the Catholic or the uh, uh, public board. So if you're in the Catholic board in London or anywhere in Ontario today, there is no school for uh, elementary or high school. Catholic schools are just closed. Catholic teachers are striking today. Uh-huh. Now, there are also elementary school teachers elsewhere in the province who are streak, uh, who are striking. There are high school teachers elsewhere in the province who are striking. But in London, they are not striking. However, tomorrow, elementary school teachers in London will be striking. Okay, gang. <laughs> At this point, if you're going to go on strike, just go on strike. (laughs) Everyone at the same time. This has become more confusing than garbage day in the city of London. (laughs) Am I supposed to put my garbage out? Am I supposed to drop the kids at the bus stop? I don't know what the heck's going on in the morning anymore. Every uh, single day, there will be a strike somewhere in the province this week. Yeah, guys, just go on strike. It sounds like an algebra test. Okay, if one teacher gets on here and it goes on strike on a Wednesday and two teachers go on a strike on Thursday, how many teachers went on a strike this week? What? <laughs> oh, really? Or, you know what they could do? Make strike day the same day as garbage day. That way, at least, <laughs> if parents are pulling out of their driveway and they see the neighbors have their recycling at the curb, they know their kids aren't going to school today. <laughs> Time to wake up, Grayson. <laughs> Hey, what an inconvenience now. There wasn't a ton of notice about this, finding daycare. They have to give five days. I'm sure some people missed the news and now they're scrambling. Have to call in, stay home from work today, maybe not make money if, if they get paid on a daily basis. They don't have sick days to use. Like some people, they don't have that luxury and... Now they're stuck with their kids today. Parents, uh, there was the announcement from the province last week that parents uh, can go to uh, the the government website for education and you can uh, apply for the uh, funding that the uh, province will be giving uh, parents. Depending on how old your child is, you could get up to $60 a day. Wow. For a strike. So much money going down the drain, eh? Well, that's the ironic thing. I mean, so like the unions are saying, well, like you, they're they're saying to the province, you're telling us you don't have money, and yet you're potentially spending, you know, like, you know, twenty four million dollars more or more like a day, whenever if there's a strike, uh, and they but they pay. don't pay the teachers when they're on strike. They don't, they don't pay the teachers. So there's where you there's where the uh, savings come in. They hmm. take that money and give it to the parents. Hmm. But normally, I mean, you just they just bank like that. Like the province like makes money for the strike. You just, you just bank the cash you uh-huh. save with the strike, and you're not really doing that this time. I'm all for uh, the smaller class sizes. That's what teachers say they want. If you're gonna do it, just rip off the band aid. Go on strike. Full out, full out strike. I think it would be more convenient at this point just to know exactly when your kids are going to be in school and when they're not going to be in school instead of springing this on us every week. Well, a, a full-on strike, you know, as painful it would be for parents for however long it would be. Like, we've been doing this since, like, like the the one-day strike by the high school teachers date back to December of last year, right? So we've been doing this for a while. So a strike would just end this. You, either you, you come to a conclusion or there's back-to-work legislation and then you go to a mediator and you figure out. But either way, this gets done so this doesn't drag on to February, March, 
in April. Anyways, just to be clear, the whole garbage day thing is not happening if you're just kind of waking up. <laughs> but gosh, would it make sense? <laughs> and you're like, hold on, did Taz just say that anytime it's garbage day in my neighborhood, the teachers are on strike? <laughs> no, that's not how it's working. But you can find more information about the strike if you want it on uh, 980 CFPL's website, right, Dev? Absolutely, 980CFPL.ca. You Sports time. Baseball Hall of Fame, Devin Peacock. Yeah, the Baseball Hall of Fame inductees for 2020 will be announced today. Lots of Canadian baseball fans are hoping uh, Larry Walker, BC native, former Montreal Expo, former Colorado Rocky, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. This is his 10th and final year on the ballot. They give you 10 years to make it in. If you don't, then you're done. Now, down the road, he could get in through the Veterans Committee, but that's, you know, who knows if that's going to happen or not. And you also need 75% of the votes to get in. Last year, he got 54%, which is his highest total ever. Year before that, he had 34%, so he's trending in the right direction. But as you look at Larry Walker and his career, there is no doubt he is a, or was a great player, but in my mind, he's just not a Hall of Famer. What? He's I'm, Canadian, man. I'm sorry to all the uh, baseball uh, fans out there. He came to London a couple years ago for the uh, Sports Celebrity Dinner. I met him. He was I a nice guy. I bet you guy. didn't say he's not a Hall of Famer to his face, Dev. Dare you? He, he wasn't on the belt then, so I didn't even have the chance to say it. You know but, where Larry Walker will get some love, I bet? St. Mary's Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. He should be in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, but in terms of Cooperstown, if you just look at his career, he did not get uh, anywhere close to 3,000 hits. He did win an MVP. His uh, career batting average is 313. Everyone better than that is in the Hall of Fame. So there are some aspects to him that say, okay, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But his career home run totals not anywhere clear uh, to- close. So you look at hits, you look at home runs, you look at the entirety of his career. He was a very, very good baseball player, just not a Hall of Famer. But also, let me just say, what bothers me about Hall of Fame, and it's just not just baseball, it's basketball, it's hockey, it's whatever you want, it's football. It's if you need ten years to get in, you're just not a Hall of Famer. Like you, you when Aww, if you're passed Larry. over every year, year. So when he started on the first ballot, he was getting twenty percent of the vote. Then a couple of years ago, he dipped down to ten percent, almost fell off the ballot. Now he's had a resurgence because there's a lot of stats. People are saying, well, if you look at his advanced stats for this, advanced stats for that, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Great, but along as you go along the way for ten years, if everyone's saying there are these players are more deserving of the Hall of Fame, then eventually. You're just not a Hall of Famer. So it's not like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where clearly they they just hold back on putting every band that should be in the Hall of Fame in there so they have people down the road that they can induct. Yeah, I would like it if, like, Baseball Hall of Fame, but all the Hall of, Halls of Fame, we just had, like, about some year where there's, like, a bunch of people get in, and then another year where no one gets in. Like, Halls of Fame should be, like, an important thing to get in. You don't, they don't just do it every single year just because they have to or they could. They should induct people into a Hall of Fame because they're deserving of the Hall of Fame. That being said, who is deserving this year? Who are the shoe-ins? Derek Jeter, he's, uh, like, he's gonna, he's, this is his first year on the ballot and he is 100% going to get in. I'd, I'd say he is the only guy 100% going to get in. Other people who will, but Derek Jeter 100% is a Hall of Fame.
What is going on with sewage leaks? Hamilton, Ontario recently, uh, they forgot to like close a valve and we all know what happened. They uh, accidentally leaked 24 billion liters of sewage into the creek for uh, uh, a four-year period. Billion? 24 billion liter discharge of sewage, which sounds repulsive. (laughs) You just throw the word discharge in there. Makes it 24 billion times worse. (laughs) At least it wasn't 25 billion. (laughs) London, Ontario got hit really hard with uh, rain and snow. And uh, there's a bit of an issue with the, the sewage in London now, too. Yeah. 68 million liters of sewage has gone into the river in London this month, which is more than the city got through the entire amount of last year overflows. So they had, but we, there was over, every city in Canada has overflows, and for London last year, what they got in in January is more than all of last year. And it's not because somebody forgot to close a no. hatch or something. This is just. The city uh, infrastructure couldn't handle all the the precipitation. That's seems gross. like what, like don't they have like you know backup plans though? It seems like it yeah. wasn't that crazy it's amount of the snow. Thames River, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like there's obviously that snow falls every year. There's always runoff. Like it just seems outrageous that there would be that much liters, sixty eight million liters. Just to put that in perspective, I googled it. Just to put it in perspective, <laughs> a big <laughs> bottle of pop is two liters. Just <laughs> yeah, to, to break it, it down. Put it in perspective. Now picture that. <laughs> so how many two liter pops would that have been of sewage, that, Jim? Taz, that would have been at least 32 and a half million, 34, and a half, 34 million bottles, two liter bottles of Coke worth of sewage into the Thames River. It's also 27 Olympic pools worth wow. of sewage and if you if that olympic pool was just like one pool it'd be three quarters of a mile long worth of sewage well, in the I, Thames I used River to now. work at the london aquatic center and once a year we would shut down the pool and drain it uh for cleaning or if a kid pooped once in it <laughs> no, no. <laughs> then or you just not. skim the poop out oh okay you put in some magic powder and everything's fine trust <laughs> us it's okay go ahead jump back in the pool <laughs> but you drain the the, the big pool and it t- would take forever to drain that pool. So if you take that pool, how many of those? 27 Olympic-sized swimming pools. That's it, a lot of water. It's so funny, too. Doing, like, I used to do bridge construction back in the day. A lot of poop day, water. And like, you're, you're messing around with the rivers all the time. And the environmental people, the MTO, they'd be all, don't put this many sandbags. That were, like Always worried about what's going in the river. And rightfully so. But then, like, something like this happens, does as much damage as a million bridges could have done to a river. Floaters just everywhere. <laughs> so we've got all these cities. Like, this is like Montreal's got, you know, sewage goes into their water all the time. We've got all these cities across the country declaring climate emergencies. We're all worried about carbon taxes, about the environment, and rightfully so. But whenever there's a story in any city about sewage going into the water, there's like a collective shrug. Like no one cares about millions and billions of sewage in our open water. Maybe we're going to have to start whenever there's a, like a lot of rain in the forecast. Everyone needs to drink as little water as possible and just eat a lot of cheese for the next couple <laughs> days. 
Right? <laughs> Together, we can plug the Thames River. Super Bowl 54. We now know it's going to be the 49ers versus the Chiefs. Joe Montana is guaranteeing his former team is victorious. That's the 49ers? It's both. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> he played for the Chiefs, so. too, didn't he? I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I think Montana was 49ers and the Chiefs. <laughs> Very clever, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just looking at some of the more interesting things you can bet on here for the Super Bowl. Everyone, you, you know you can bet on the game, but what about what color liquid is going to be poured on the game-winning coach? Classic. Lime green or yellow, odds on favorite at 11 to 4. Clear water, red, pink, or tied at 3 to 1. Blue or orange, 4 to 1 odds. And purple, ooh, that's a long shot, 14 to 1. Will the announcers, Joe Buck or Troy Aikman, say Patriots during the broadcast? Uh, They can't not. You would think they would. No is the odds on favorite at 5 to 14. They just mentioned la- like didn't the Patriots win last year? Am I the wrong? The Patriots have this is the first time in 3 years the Patriots haven't been in the Super Bowl. It has to come up. And like if Joe Buck and Troy Aikman see this, wouldn't they just tell their families to bet? Yeah. <laughs> bet the house on whether we're going to say Patriots or not. And oh, and and it wouldn't be suspicious because they obviously are going to. They have think. to. Uh, will 98-year-old Betty White be in a Snickers commercial during the Super Bowl? Yes is uh, a 2-5 to five bet. Hmm. They'll be celebrating their 10-year anniversary of the You're Not You When You're Hungry campaign, you know, where people turn into Joe Pesci or yeah, yeah. Betty White. But she was already in a Snickers commercial. Well, maybe there's... She's going to reprise her role? They'll do like a, a star-studded one. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Again, if you worked for the Snickers advertising company... Yeah. Bet the house. Will Mr. Peanut's monocle come off his eye in the planter's ad? (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting creative. Yes, has the slight edge, 10 to 13. I didn't know that was his uh, shtick. (laughs) Uh, National Anthem. What color will Demi Lovato's microphone be? Black, favorite. That's a pretty traditional microphone color. Silver or gray? Paying three to two. Any other color, three to one odds right now. What color is Demi Lovato's hair going to be? You can bet on that. Will any player use a prop during a TD celebration? No is one to ten odds. Yes, five to one. And they're not saying whether or not a ball counts as a prop. If it does, you'd think that a ball could be included pretty easily into uh, the, the celebrations. Who's going to show cleavage during the halftime show? All of the above. J-Lo and Shakira have the best odds at one-to-one, although Shakira, her breasts are small and humble, so you don't confuse them with mountains. (laughs) If you do, if I I know my Shakira songs. And we also know her hips do not lie. Look at that, my breasts are small and humble. (laughs) Will J-Lo show butt cleavage is on there? Seems aggressive. Is that the new thing, butt cleavage? That used to be called plumber's butt. Yeah. Yeah, it's not supposed to be sexy, but maybe. Drop a pencil down there. Bullseye. (laughs) (laughs) Knows the better bet at uh, 1 to 10 odds. And will there be a wardrobe malfunction? 
I'd say no. I think they've cracked down on those pretty hard with Super Bowl halftime shows. It's been done. No longer interesting. If you want to make some bets, betonline.ag is where you can find the more ridiculous stuff. Super Bowl 54. And this is a fun hockey story, Dev. Yeah, this is something uh, you don't see every day to say the least. So the Port Huron Prowlers play in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. And recently, they had to go to an unusual source to sign an emergency goalie. So they lost three goalies to injury in just two days during a road trip. And so they had to sign two new goalies just to uh, field a team, one of whom was the team's radio broadcaster. <laughs> so he comes home. He, like he's, with the, he's traveling with the team. He comes into the hotel one day, and someone from the team comes up to him and says, uh, Hey, uh... You know we have to sign you, right? And he's like, what? He's like, we have to sign you. We need an emergency backup goalie for our next game. You're going to be him. And so this started this whole problem because the radio station that was going to call the games were like, well, what about us? We like to broadcast the game. So for a brief period, they thought they couldn't broadcast the game. They eventually worked it out so that the radio broadcaster could do the play-by-play from the team's bench while dressed up in his goalie gear. Night number two was all River Dragons. Oh, yeah. A defeating nine to nothing loss. As Justin Portillo gives me a knuckle bump. We'll get to that in a second, but a nine nothing loss and now night number three. <laughs> get a lot of advice down here, but uh, <laughs> night number three. Both teams looking to take this series tied up at one apiece, and yes, this is Jeremy Skiba. As Brian Parsons mouths out Skiba. Hi, Mom. Yeah, that's uh, head coach Joe Paces. Yes, I did sign a emergency goalie PTO today, and I am down on the bench with the boys broadcasting live. <laughs> Can't really complain about this view. Yeah, the lineup for the Prowlers is as follows on the right wing, just Portillo on center. Zach Zolkanich, the left wing, Austin Federley, defensive did he have to go in at any point? Did he have to he play that? Oh, that's too bad. I just like how he's like talking, talking. He's like, all right, here's the starting lineup. So then he just kind of <laughs> kind of goes right into the game. Does he play goalie? Is he a goalie? He uh, I, he's t- so he's 22 years old. He in the past has like had three games of goalie experience. So he's like at, at lower levels, lower than the Federal Prospects Hockey League. Uh huh. Which might just be a recce league. I don't know. No offense to the Federal Prospects Hockey League. Intramural road yeah. hockey. Just like the average midget guy who went yeah. through midget, you know, whatever. He's played hockey, but he's never done it in a actual organized, you know, pseudo-professional team setting. I want to see Mike Stubbs play goalie for the London Knights. Sign one overager. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike Stubbs. I'm in that. Here come the Barry Colts with a breakaway. And I completely missed it because I'm a sim. Oh, where's my jockstrap? It's in the rafters. <laughs> I thought he was going glove high. He went five hole. <laughs> I'm Stubbsy. <laughs> Or another good one, if Scorzy actually had to play. Like, <laughs> if the Knights ran out of players, they're like, uh, Scorzy, uh, you already got your skates on. Uh, <laughs> you're our right winger today. 
<laughs> and he still never speaks. <laughs> he just nods his head. Gives thumbs up. <laughs> what would be better than seeing a mascot get hit into the boards? I love Scorzy. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun to see those mascots get bumped around. Huh? <laughs> so once the road trip was over, he was back in the booth. Once the road trip was over, he was back in the booth. Sans goalie equipment back to normal. Cuckoo! That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.